0: coast this is betting across america with mike pritchard and josh applebaum on v the sports betting network
1: good afternoon everybody and welcome into the show it is betting across america and we are presented by betmgm i'm mike pritchard i'm your host from las vegas your other host is on the east coast he's in boston josh applebaum good afternoon josh
3: Good afternoon, Pritch. How you doing? Happy Wednesday. It's Adam Burke Day. One of my favorite days. We get to get all Adams plays uh, for this weekend. But Pritch, before we dive into it, big slate of college hoops, NBA, NHL. We got to update on some of these numbers. Line moved down to the Patriots. We're talking about the key number of three down to two and a half. So further movement toward the Pats. But Pritch, we got to start off the show by saying, Ohio State, the Buckeyes, baby, getting it done at home. The ultimate Ken Palm sound the alarm. I joke about this all the time, but uh, if you're a proponent of Ken Palm and respect his data, when he has a team winning the game, but yet they're mm-hmm. a dog and getting points, that's what we call the Ken Palm sound the alarm play. So they got it done last night. You know, it looked dicey there, but then Duke gets ice cold Pritch, which was nice. And uh, and he end up getting a winner there with Ohio State. So big hit there for contrarians. And Pritch, I don't know if you knew this about me, that Banchero guy, he loses seven pounds every game because he sweats so much. That's me every time I got action on a game. I lose seven pounds. I could probably lose about 20, though. I
1: tell funny. you what, I mean, <laughs> is it kosher to, to storm the court already? I mean, I, I get it. Duke's number one. They just became the number one team in the country. Uh, still, you're Ohio State. I mean, I guess after the beatdown against Michigan in football, uh, you were you you are allowed to storm the court from the student section.
3: Yeah, and again, Pritch, I don't know. Is it too early to storm the court? Who knows? But at least we can storm courts. We got people in the stands. We don't have to go uh, back to that crazy COVID year. But, Pritch, real quick, if you're looking for another Ken Palm sounding alarm tonight... Florida Gulf Coast, and Florida International. Ken Palm has Florida Gulf Coast winning by one point. He's also got him ranked much higher, 188, versus 266 for FIU. And right now, Florida Gulf Coast, if you can find a three and a half or a three, that'll be a Ken Palm the alarm play, just like Ohio State from last night. Let's
1: get to some NFL news, though, because of Daniel Jones' situation with his strained neck. Uh, who knows if he's gonna miss Sunday's game against the Giants We, uh, uh, in terms of uh, the Dolphins and the Giants going at it. Uh, we had some line movement in this game, too. Now, there's a quarterback Uh, We've had this conversation many times, Josh. Uh, How much do quarterbacks, how how do you value them this year in particular? Uh, Glennon could step in. You know, Glennon's been around the league. I I don't know if this is a a major drop-off or not, if Glennon gets to start. But we'll wait and see on the Daniel Jones uh, news. Uh, But the line movement, though, significant a little bit here.
3: Yeah, definitely significant, pitch. And again, we talk about all the importance of starting pitchers in baseball or goaltenders in hockey, and obviously quarterbacks in football touch the ball every time, influence the line the most. And we've seen, right when we saw, uh, obviously, Daniel Jones look like he's going to miss this game and Glennon back in there. Uh, you saw Miami open at some shops, pitch like minus two and a half, minus three. They're all the way up to minus four, even four and a half. Now, I think if it gets to four and a half, you have a little buyback there on Glennon. And again, buy on bad news, sell on good news. This is going to be a play where everybody's going to say, automatically bet against the Giants because of Glennon. We'll see how it turns out. But even if you can find a four and a half and maybe get some buy low opportunity there on a dog, I'd be intrigued on some buy back on the Giants. But Pritch, what I really like with this, get this uh, Glennon switch from Daniel Jones is the under here. He continued movement to the under It opened at 42. It's down to 41. Uh, Even at some shops going down to 40 and a half right now, it's going to be a little bit windy there in South Florida. And we do know this Giants team been great to unders. They're seven, three and one to the under on the year. And I feel like they've cashed maybe like five straight unders in general. So maybe you get that lower scoring game, but movement to the Dolphins, and again, underplay here to me if you want to lean on that Giants team that doesn't put up a lot of points but has kind of a, de- a decent defense bridge.
1: Yeah, I did see that total move, too, because as soon as I saw the news, okay, that's where I went. That's where I gravitated towards. Okay, what's the total of this game? And then it moved already. So uh, it's it's the steam move. That's how you categorize this uh, line movement when it comes to the total.
3: Pritch, you're getting so good, my man. You're like, you're like an apprentice that's now smarter than you know your teacher here at this point. But you're totally right. Steam, we joke about it a lot on Lombardi Line, mm-hmm. but it's a term basically when you see uniform sudden line sudden line move and change across the market, and it can't just be one book. It's got to be the entire market moving. So the key with steam is you got to get the number that it gets steamed at. Like if you're playing Miami minus four, minus four and a half right now, you're late to the party. You're getting the worst of the steam. A lot of people would refer to this as chasing the steam. So you want to be you want to be the steam, the steam, Pritch. You right. want to be late to the party, but you are right. Miami got steamed once it was announced that Glennon would start this game. Okay, so I, I don't know which side you want to be on for this
1: game. It's an interesting matchup, but I do want to throw out this graphic to you because uh, not so fast, as Lee Corso likes to say when it comes to <laughs> uh, our judgment on quarterbacks, Daniel Jones or Mike Glennon. What about the other side with the Dolphins? Tua, Tunga This guy and his first 16 career starts measured up against Kyler Murray. Now, I'm not getting nuts. I'm not comparing him, Uh, but this was out there. Uh, I think CBS Sports had it out there for sure. But uh, you have this comparison in his first 16 starts. It's not too shabby. Now, Tua and Miami, they're running a college offense. I can't believe they're doing this in the National Football League. But then again, nothing should surprise me at this point. Uh, His air yards uh, per attempt are really, really low. I think it's about six air yards per attempt. That's one of the lowest uh, air yards per attempt uh, from a quarterback in the National Football League. But it's the college offense. It's been effective, and they've won four games in a row.
3: Yeah, this is surprising me, Pritch. I mean, you know, we talk about uh, your perception of a player on the eye test, and what do the actual numbers say? Like, as a better, we have perceptions of teams and, wow, this is a really good over team. They cash a lot of overs, but do they cash a lot of overs? This team is great as a favorite, but do they cash as a favorite? I think the, the kind of the, the narrative here with Tua is he doesn't push the ball downfield. Is he a bust? Who knows? But I think there's a lot of negative, you know, connotations with Tua when in reality, Pritch, through 16 games, he's got 21 touchdowns, 11 <laughs> right. interceptions. He's got a winning record. His passer ratings, you know, 90.5, which again, you know, your good quarterbacks are around 100. But mm-hmm. I think it just goes to show you don't write off Tua just yet. You know, you're starting to get some weapons around him. You got a decent culture there in Miami, who's won a bunch of games in a row now at this point. So a lot of those Dolphins fans who are like, "Man, we should have taken Justin Herbert." Uh, don't be so fast. Give this kid some time. The numbers actually look better than I think what we all uh, think of him maybe right. in terms of the eye test. He's
1: getting compared to Kyler Murray in terms of stats and, you know, not so fast. I think you can say that. Also, he's got a great defense, too, uh, and a coach. I mean, a coach is uh, highly effective out there uh, with the Miami Dolphins. The VSEN holiday offer is here right now. You can sign up for our $99 dollars midseason football special. You'll also receive a $20 credit to the VSEN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus $20 to buy VSEN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry, this is a limited time offer, so sign up right now for the perfect sports holiday gift at VSEN.com slash subscribe. Uh, speaking of experts, let's bring on our guest, Adam Burke. Uh, he is our V-CIN sports betting analyst, VCIN, the daily newsletter writer, also point spread weekly contributor. Adam, how are you?
2: I'm doing well, Pritch. How's it going today?
1: Uh, it's going well. <laughs> Good, going well. Uh, no, no complaints at all. Let's let's get to this question I have for you about uh, something Josh Applebaum and I talked about uh, yesterday uh, with the the wacky nature of wild card races you got below 500 teams in the NFC who could qualify for the playoff to picture. How do you approach trying to uh, figure out the futures at this point, if any value at all? Yeah, I think it's a
2: challenge. I mean, first and foremost, I think what you have to do is make sure you're shopping around. Make sure that you have multiple sports betting accounts at your disposal so that you can shop around for the best prices. You have to be able to line shop because every dollar matters when you talk about getting to the playoffs, not only with your potential winnings, if you wind up picking the winner of the Super Bowl or something like that, but also from a hedging margin standpoint you know to be able to at least guarantee some kind of profit out of the futures investment that you've made. So that's the first step, is you absolutely have to be able to line shop. The second is, look, you have to look at the remaining schedule. Mm -hmm. You have to see which teams have a clearer path to the playoffs than others. You have to look for those head-to-head matchups, like what we've got here this weekend or on uh, Monday Night Football with the Patriots and the Bills. You have to look at those remaining schedules to see, will teams be favored in more games than they're an underdog? Do they have head-to-head meetings against other teams in the playoff picture? And if so, how do they match up? against those teams. So that's really what I look at. I look first and foremost at price and line shopping for it. But then second, I also have to look at the schedule and see if these teams will have opportunities to make up ground if need be.
3: Adam, it's great to see you. Happy Wednesday. always love having you on the show. There's one play that you listed in the NFL that kind of caught my eye. I wrote about this in the sharp Report, uh, Wise Guys games that are that they're targeting for points should weekly. It's the Colts game. The Colts had that tough loss. Don't get me started. I had the plus three, of course. Fournette had to score that touchdown late. Pritch is sick of hearing me complain about that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, they're on the road and they're going to the Houston Texans right now. Uh, these teams met actually in week six. It was a 31-3 win by the Colts. That was a, against Davis Mills. So obviously, you know, you're going up against Tyrod now. But a lot of movement Adam toward Indianapolis. Some of these early numbers were as low as Colts minus seven and a half. The line is now up to nine. How are you diagnosing this game? Do you see any value in laying this big number with the Colts? Well, something I think is important to talk about real quickly off the top here is Indianapolis had five turnovers last week.
2: That's an outlier performance. That doesn't really happen a whole lot in the NFL. When you get box score outliers like that, Expect line moves. Expect the line to come in in a way that interprets what happened in the previous game. We'll see it in college basketball. A team will shoot 60% from three. Money will come in against them the next game just with the expectation that that won't happen again. So it's not going to happen again with the Colts. They're not going to turn the football over five times in this game. I'd be absolutely stunned if they did. But last week against Tampa Bay, I think Indianapolis got away from what they do really well. They didn't run the football mm-hmm. a whole lot, particularly in the second half. And I think coaches, and I think we saw this with Ryan Day against Michigan. I think we saw it with Frank Reich last week against Tampa Bay. They, get, they kind of psych themselves out a little bit when they're in those marquee games. This is not a marquee game. This is a spot where Indianapolis can do what they do best play that bully role, run the football, and furthermore, they're so adept at running the ball that they can add on in the second half if they have a lead. So I'm laying the full nine here in this game with the Colts, and I do have a piece of them from a teaser standpoint when the line was eight, eight and a half, taking them down through that three and seven corridor. But I think they win this game comfortably. The Texans are completely outmatched at the line of scrimmage. We saw that last week
1: against the Jets. Mm Mm-hmm. We'll see that this week against the Colts as well. That bully role is uh, very evident in the National Football League, by the way. When you know that you're a superior team, uh, certainly you want to simplify things. Uh, but Carson Wentz, I mean, the profile of the Colts 6-6, six and six, could they be one of those future plays? you see value in that? I think so. I mean, especially too, because, you
2: know, I mean, look, the Titans are obviously kind of in free fall mode here, yeah. especially with their offense. You know, the interesting thing about Carson Wentz is I believe the Colts only had 10 turnovers on the season going into last week's game where they had the five. Wentz makes a couple of bad decisions a game, as we know. But for the most part, Frank Reich has kind of taken that out of his profile. So I think the Colts are a pretty strong team going forward.
3: Adam, real quick before, you know, we're up against it, or I guess I'll throw it on the other side. asking your thoughts on whether to make or miss the playoffs.
1: Hey, that'd be a great question for you. Think about that during the break. Ponder that question right there. I mean, Carson Wentz, come on. Big games. Guy needs to step up, though. Big time. Let's see if we can do that from a future standpoint. Come up next more. Adam Burke, right here on v the sports betting network. Network. Hey, everybody, it's time to get into Betham Gym Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. Betham Gym has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app today and stop by any MGM Casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID. Open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love the technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 years old and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you feel that you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum. So wait it through the break for this question, Josh. Uh, You got to give it to us uh, for Adam
3: Exactly, Adam. I just want to get your take on this because Pritch and I talked about it yesterday. But the Colts to make or miss the playoffs. Again, uh, you're even right now, but you know you you probably expect to win. Obviously, if you're going to lay the points, I'm hoping they win for you, Adam. But you get to seven and six, and then you look at kind of their schedule down the stretch. You have some tough games. You're going to play the Patriots. You're going to the Cardinals. You're at home against the Raiders, and your easy ones would be the Texans this week and the Jaguars in the final week of the season. So right now it's plus 115 the Colts to make the playoffs, minus 140. Pritch and I went through all these teams. This is kind of the uh, the closest uh, line, make or miss to a pick them basically where others you're really juiced up one side or the other so any thoughts on that adam would you be enticed by a plus 115 to make the playoffs or a minus 140 to miss
2: well we broke out the abacus during the break trying to figure out all <laughs> the tiebreakers and, and everything else going on here because look that's going to really dictate what happens with the wild cards in both conferences i think or, or all of the tiebreakers and everything that comes into play with that right now I guess I would lean towards yes at the plus money price for the Colts because I think they are set up fairly well in terms of the tiebreakers. Three of their six losses have been outside the conference. I would think that if they lose that game to the Cardinals, and they probably will, that's not one that's going to hurt them in terms of their conference win-loss record. So maybe that's something that kind of gives them a little bit of a leg up with easy games, at least on the surface, against the Texans and the Jaguars here to get a couple of AFC wins. So I'd lean yes on the plus money side, but – you know, to Pritchett's point that we talked about earlier about looking for futures value, now you got to start putting all these tiebreaker scenarios into play too, and, and that makes it kind of messy. All
1: right, let's get to college football because we got college football. It's championship week. Uh, we're going to find out who's going to be in the top four. Uh, Cincinnati is up against it, but for my money anyway, I mean, they're the only team in the top four uh, that has put up 21 points against Georgia. I, I know people want to say if they meet Georgia in the playoff, Georgia's going to blow them out, Uh, okay. But in the bowl game earlier this year, this year, this calendar year, uh, I saw Cincinnati put up 21 points. Now, Georgia were they really invested in the bowl game more? You know, as much as they're going to be for a national championship, probably not. I get that. But you also have the other side, Cincinnati, that is going to be gearing up for a chance of winning a national title too. But they got to take care of business first against Houston. What do you think? Yeah, and I do think they will take care of business against Houston in this one. And and seeing this
2: line come down to 10 doesn't really surprise me too much. I think a lot of people expect this to be a fairly low-scoring game. You had a couple of very good defenses here in this one. Uh, Houston's defense actually quite good. But a big reason for that is because they've only played two teams with a winning record here Mm -hmm. so far this season. Cincinnati's played four and, of course, has that very nice win in South Bend against Notre Dame. But Houston, in the two games that they played against teams with a winning record, they needed two kick return touchdowns, including a game-winning one against SMU to pull out that game. And then also only beat East Carolina by seven and got out gained pretty handily in that game. So I think when Houston steps up, they do struggle a little bit. I would trust Cincinnati in this spot, especially if they can play from in front. If they're able to play from in front, rely on that defense, take the air out of the football on offense, I think they'll be in really good shape here. And I think it does help them too that at least as of now. It looks like Luke Fickle is not worried about any of the other jobs that are available, or at least he's publicly not worried about them. So I think that at least helps Cincinnati stay focused here in this spot. So I do think they win this game by 14, 17 points, something like that, and then, of course, put it in the hands of the College Football Playoff Committee, and and we'll see what they decide to do with the Bearcats.
3: Adam, I'm with you on Cincinnati. What jumped out to me on that game is uh, publics actually grabbing Houston in the points. Really good record. You're getting double digits. Cincinnati hasn't covered many numbers. Just grab the points. Yet, you know, in this spot where Cincy's only getting about a quarter of bets, they've stayed at minus 10. So kind of a line freeze and maybe inching up to 10 and a half. So I'm with you on Cincy. But let's go to the Mac here, Adam. I had a question. Uh, Kent and Northern Illinois for the Mac Championship. Seen a big move toward Kent State. Kent State at some shops open even as a small dog, like getting a point or two. We're seeing them flip all the way to minus three and a half. So a lot of money pouring in on kent and also on the total maybe we get a really high scoring game don't have to worry about crazy mac weather or win this game is going to be at ford field uh home of the lions here in a dome and we've seen that total open 72 all the way up to 74 adam and both teams are averaging over 30 points a game on offense giving up over 30 points a game on defense any lean to this line move with kent and what do you think Could we get a high scoring game here
2: Yeah, I think at this point in time, you've lost a lot of line equity on Kent State because this does profile as a back-and-forth type of game. Took Kent State minus 2.5 earlier on in the week, and now, of course, blows right through that key number of 3. So there is some pretty sharp investment here on the Golden Flashes, and understandably so. Look, Northern Illinois is in this game. They went eight and four overall. They played very well in conference. They didn't look good in that last game, but they were already Clint. They had already, excuse me, clinched a berth in this game. So they didn't really have to worry about that Western Michigan game. The thing for me is, they're a division winner. They're an eight and four team. They gave up 6.72 yards per play this season. I don't know how they stopped Kent State in this game. If Kent State's able to get off the field a couple of times, I think they're in good shape. Fast track, there in Detroit. Should help the Kent State offense. One thing it is kind of a concern, at least to a degree, is that Kent State last week beat Miami of Ohio 48-47 to get into this game. Whereas Northern Illinois rested starting quarterback Rocky Lombardi, rested some other guys as well. So that's a little bit of a concern, but I think Kent State's just the better football team here. And with this line move, not sure I love it at 3.5, but you know we'll see if it comes back down a little bit as the week goes along.
1: Okay, you have a note on a game here that's very interesting to me because we got the Pac-12 championship on Friday uh, here in Vegas, Legion Stadium. Uh, and then on Saturday, we have a makeup game within the Pac-12 SC uh, and Cal. Uh, but maybe a betting angle. Now, a lot of things hovering around USC right now, especially with Lincoln Riley as head coach and maybe some recruits coming in, maybe some uh, players leaving. How do you cap this football
2: game? Yeah, you know, this is uh, obviously the only game this weekend that doesn't really matter a whole lot, this one here between USC and Cal. But when you get games that don't matter a whole lot, Mm -hmm. I think defense goes out the window. I think it's all about offensive guys trying to put up numbers, quarterbacks, wide receivers, so on and so forth. I don't think we get a whole lot of defense in this game. So I like the over 58 in this one. Look, USC, you've got offensive coordinator Graham Harrell, who in all likelihood won't be retained by Lincoln Riley. So this is kind of his going away party. And obviously he's a quarterback guy by trade, played quarterback at Texas Tech, a guy that wants to air it out. And I think he's going to try to do that here in this game. Also, the more I think about it, while I do like the over 58 more than a side in this one, Cal you know kind of a a, there's a lot more stability to their program right now they do clearly have the better defense between these two teams kind of liking that minus four a little bit as the week goes along here Thought maybe Justin Wilcox could be a guy to go to Washington. That's not the case. It's Kalen DeBoer from mm-hmm. Fresno State. So now that Wilcox is at least sticking around, unless he gets a you know an offer somewhere else, that probably helps out Cal a little bit in this situation. But both of these teams, four and seven, no bowl hopes for either one of them. So that's why I think we get a really high scoring game here in Berkeley this weekend.
3: Adam, let's see if we can fit in one more game here on your card, looking at App State and Louisiana here. What I noticed is um, public's kind of saying, you know, Louisiana ranked 24th, App unranked, and yet App's getting points, and they're at home. Take the points all day with Louisiana. However, Adam, a lot of these books open actually at App State Lane two on the road, and even though the majority of the public is taking Louisiana points, the lines move further to App State. So this kind of looks like maybe a Fade the Trendy Dog play with some respected money on App State. How do you cap this game? Is there value at all? Is it gone now on the key number of three? Uh, Who's the better team? What would be your play on this game? This is the most fascinating, I think, of the
2: conference championship games to me from a betting standpoint, because these two teams played earlier this year on October 12th. It was a Tuesday night in Lafayette. Louisiana dominated that game. They won that game 41 to 13. The line in that game was App State minus four and a half. The line here is App State minus three. So we've got a head-to-head data point where one team looked significantly better than the other. This game is at home for the Raging Cajuns. And App State is still a clear road favorite in this situation. And I know you've got the Billy Napier going to Florida Mm -hmm. thing and all of that. But look, I think this line tells you everything you need to know about this game. And I think App State is the side here. Even though we have that first data point with what happened, that line just says a lot to me. And the fact that the line's even inched up a little bit, as Josh alluded to, that says a lot to me as well. So I think the Mountaineers are the play here in this game. If you find a two and a half, and there still are some out there, I'd certainly recommend taking that over three for obvious reasons. But you could even lay the cheap App State money line price here if you want to. But this is one of those lines where you, I like to read the context clues in the market. And this one screams loud and clear to me that at least in terms of the odds makers Mm -hmm. and in terms of the sharp money, App State looks to be the side in this game.
1: Have to ask you this question because you're from Big Ten territory. Um, (laughs) One, football standpoint, how good was the Big Ten this year and can Michigan uh, take advantage of this opportunity? Well, uh, apparently the Big Ten wasn't that great. I mean, obviously
2: Ohio State blew away Michigan State, and then I mean the West Division's been kind of a mess all year mm-hmm. long. I don't think Iowa's a very good team okay. for what it's worth, so I would lean Michigan as much as that pains me to say. Uh, but I don't think that Michigan, you know, I, look, it depends on how the College Football Playoff shakes out. Right. If they run into Georgia, I think they get trucked. So I don't think that Michigan's that great of a team. Obviously Ohio State wasn't that good of a team, but yeah, it was uh, the the Big Ten seemed to have some paper tigers
1: this year for sure. <laughs> I haven't heard that since I was a player. Uh, Michigan gets trucked. We used to say that. Oh, you got trucked up when you get run over on the football field. Adam Burke, great job as always. Uh, follow him on Twitter, at Skating Tripods. Uh, come up next. Uh, we're going to fix it with some teams in the National Football League. This come up next right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on vSense, the Sports Betting Network.
1: This segment of Betting Across America is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, Citrus, and many more. Each variety comes in two strengths so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, which is America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100 thousand locations nationwide meaning it's never been easier to find your zen so head over to zen.com find to locate a store near you that's zyn.com slash find. warning this product contains nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemical welcome back to the show it's betting across america mike pritchard josh applebaum with you today so josh it's time for fix it uh ben wilson our producer we have some great teams here that needs our help uh, so let's start with the Steelers' defense. Uh, I mean, Cincinnati did whatever they wanted to last week against the Steelers' defense. Uh, the last four weeks, 1-2-1, and one, the record uh, 31.3 points per game allowed per game there, uh, 424.8 yards allowed per game as well. Uh, I would like to give the Steelers some advice here, but I can't because he got a, a hobbled T.J. Watt, but now he's on the COVID. There's nobody opposite him to apply pressure consistently. Uh, Devin Bush, I think he's not 100%, even though he's gutting through it. He's not the same player he was his rookie year. And then on the back end, they can't cover. That's why they're called Blitzburg for a reason, because they've never really had lockdown cover guys. Outside of Carnell Lake and, I don't know, Mel Blunt back in the 70s. Uh, But they really haven't had lockdown cover guys. They've had outstanding Hall of Fame safeties, guys that would knock you out. But they don't have that right now. Minka Fitzpatrick has to do so much on that secondary to help out. Uh, They can't apply pressure. They can't even stop the run now. So I would like to say I could fix this football team. I think they're saving grace this week, though, as the fact that they're facing uh, an offense in which they want to run the football and establish play action. Uh, If the Steelers can buckle up that chin strap and stop the run, maybe they have a chance uh, here defensively a little bit
3: yeah i'm with you pritch and again it, it's almost like this is kind of a good matchup for pitcher which sounds weird because mm-hmm. they're a dog and they're at home and they haven't been playing well and you just you know rewind a couple weeks ago you know they're five and three they're looking good then you tie the lowly lions there then you uh you know you had that shootout where you cover that number against the chargers but you don't win and then really you know the wheels fall off when you lose 41 to 10 in the division against cincinnati when you're only when you're getting three and a half and you don't even really come close here right. but pritch call me crazy i kind of like this spot with Pittsburgh. It's a really inflated line in favor of the Ravens. The Ravens, who are, again, coming off a game where they win and beat and beat the Browns and cover, but Lamar Jackson throws four interceptions. I mean, maybe that's kind of the, the recipe here in a division spot. Get everyone dialed in. You heard Mike Tomlin say they're going to make changes here. I don't know what that's going to be, but obviously you're going to need to make some changes, Pritch, to hopefully cover <laughs> some numbers. But this is an inflated line divisional play for me. This game opened at Baltimore laying three on the road. It's been all the way bet up to minus four and a half. I think you might get some buyback at four and a half. It's a teaser spot, too, if you want to take the Steelers up to ten and a half. But, Pritch, in this situation here, I'm looking at almost 90% of bets laying with the Ravens. The public wants nothing to do with the Steelers. They're off the Steelers. They're disappointing. They're playing poorly. But this is the time of year and the uh, type of situation where I like to buy low on these teams that have disappointed. You're getting a point and a half off the opener, inflated line opportunity. And you got a lot of matches here. Divisional dogs, 57% ATS this year. Look at conference dogs, 7 or less, 64% ATS. And Mike Tomlin, the key with Tomlin motivating his, his team and again he hasn't done it you know last couple of weeks here but tomlin has a dog four and two ats this year and 42 and 21 ats in his career 67 percent. you also have a dog off a blowout system match you lose by 20 or more come back the next week you're about 57 percent ats the last decade so it's a weird one pritch mm-hmm. but if you're making me be with the public and lay a four and a half when you're way off the number with baltimore i want nothing to do with that I'd look to bylaw on Pittsburgh, and maybe in this divisional game, you get one of those field goal games that you cover with the the four-and-a-half.
1: It's a grudge match, too, and I think Tomlin will do a great job of hyping up the younger players. Now, if he's going to make changes, those are going to be those younger players that are going to get an opportunity. Uh, Do your job, be in the right place, and make a tackle. Uh, So many missed tackles with this defense, too. Uh, But I mentioned Devin Bush uh, coming back from an ACL injury. He's not quick like he once was his rookie year his change of direction is limited. Uh, You can clearly see that on tape Um, and also, you know, just from a fit standpoint. They're not tough. I mean, they're getting double-teamed. They're not getting off blocks defensively. And a lot of runs do get up into the secondary. So uh, I'll be curious to see what the motivation factor is there Uh, and then also uh, what changes Tomlin's going to make on that defense. But then uh, on the other side of that, what you're mentioning too about the Ravens, uh, the last time they scored a first quarter touchdown was against the
3: Chargers way back when. That was several weeks ago. Yeah, you got to get off to a fast start. I think that's really the key and get some momentum going. And the other thing I'm looking at, Pritch, maybe a low scoring game. You know, if you look historically between these teams, we get a lot of those. 20 to 17 games, you know, 16 to 13 games. That's kind of been historically what we see between these two rivals. And I'm seeing the public hammer the over. The total is only 44. It feels like it can easily go over, yet it stayed 44. So a little bit of a line freeze. Why isn't this ticked up if everyone's betting the over? It tells me maybe the oddsmakers don't want to give out the hook to contrarian underbackers, and this would match a late-season divisional under. If you look at these matchups between divisional opponents week 12 and on, the under's about 57%. You might get a little bit of wind in Pittsburgh. I'd be looking at maybe a lower-scoring game, and I think that's what you want because if pittsburgh needs to you know keep pacing the shootout i don't like your chances there but if you're at home in a low scoring game and you're getting four and a half i think that's the ticket for tomlin this weekend
1: okay so how do you fix tennessee the, the titans and their pass offense the last three weeks uh, one and twos a record ryan Tannehill, uh 209.7 passing yards per game three touchdowns five interceptions okay derrick henry's hurt uh aj brown's hurt Julio Jones is hurt as well. I mean, we talked about this. That was the plan for the Titans offense this year. But all three of those guys are banged up and hurt. So what do you do uh, if you're Tannehill here? What do you do if you're Vrabel? Do you just stick with just trying to run the football, rely on your defense? The defense has, has upped their level of play this year to some extent. Uh, but if you're going to turn the ball over repeatedly and put your defense in harm's way that way, that's not going to help either. So uh, I, I think you can get to hype. Possession or high percentage passes within the offense with the receivers that you do have uh, but then also you have to pound a rock. I mean you do have to be physical impose your will and run the football more uh, with the situation with the Titans offense.
3: Yeah, I'm with you, Pritch. I think there's two things you got to do. Number one, you got to stop turning the ball over. Like I'm a Patriots fan watching that Titans game, although secretly I'm kind of rooting for anyone who took the points with a the dog there on Tennessee, just because I always root for dog betters in the NFL most of the time. But Pritch, there were a bunch of times where you had two different rushers rush for over 100 yards. So your running game, even though you lose Henry, looked look pretty good against New England. But here's the issue. You're fumbling nonstop. You're turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. You're throwing it uh, picks. And that's really uh, where when you're already shorthand to begin with, once you start turning it over, that's really a death sentence for a team. So how 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 do we fix this team, Pritch? I think the bye week is coming at a perfect time. They're going to be off this week. You're going to come back next week uh, at home against Jacksonville. You look at a line on that game, I think is minus nine and a half Tennessee at home. We have a favorite off a bye system match. So I think you rest up and you get healthy, you need these guys back. And I haven't seen many reports on, you know, A.J. Brown or Julio Jones or Derrick Henry, but can you get one of those guys back, two of those guys back? I don't know if you're going to get all three, but you need reinforcements. I still like Vrabel as a coach, but again, he can only do so much when uh, when a lot of these guys are, are dropping like flies. For him. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, A.J. Brown, I mean, that injury came out of nowhere for sure, but then Derrick Henry too, but then Julio Jones, that, that was probably expected, right? I mean, he's a high-risk player, and you knew at some point he was not going to be available for your team.
3: Yeah, and again, that was kind of a move. I don't know if it was desperation or out of luxury, Pritch, but you kind of think of Julio as you know, this uh, the Julio from five years ago, 10 years right. ago. Uh, but again, you knew there were going to be injury issues. He's dealt with it. He's got a lot of miles on those tires. So again, you kind of knew, like, let's just manage it and make sure he's okay for the, the playoff stretch. But now you're starting to wonder, you know, when will this guy get back and will he come back?
1: All right, let's fix the Cowboys too because they're one in three records since Dak Prescott's return. Uh, uh, and then you have an 18th offensive Early down success rate, the ranked 18th. And when it comes to that situation right there, that's Kellen Moore. That's on him. Uh, remember how he was touted as, okay, he's going to be a head coach. I think Romo uh, did that on national TV. I can't believe he did that. But anyway, um, Kellen Moore is like any young coach, Josh. They have to understand the difference between their scheme and then when it becomes a matchup league. Now, he didn't have his matchups because Cooper was on COVID uh, and then Lamb had the concussion. He's going to get those two guys back. But to help this offense, in particular on early downs, to stay out of those third down and long situations, uh, they need to showcase and feature matchups. At least Kellen Moore does. Uh, That's how you fix the Cowboys offense at this point.
3: I agree with the Pritch. So part of it is just personnel. You're going to get C.D. Lamb back from the concussion. You're going to get Cooper back. These guys should be good to go. Uh, you know, right uh, in the same vein today, Pritch. We did see some buyback on the Cowboys for mm-hmm. tomorrow's for tomorrow night's game on Thursday night. A lot of these books initially open. You know, minus six, minus five and a half Dallas. You hear all the COVID news break. It gets all the way down to four and a half, even hinted at maybe going to four. Then we saw that four-and-a-half kind of creep back up, and now we're inching back to five. So with the Cowboys getting some of these reinforcements back, you're seeing further movement on Dallas. I still think the Saints are kind of a buy-low play here, Pritch. Hopefully you're going to get better offensive play instead of Simeon. now that you're going to get Taysom Hill here. Uh, But again, this is a very lopsided play. Almost 80% of bets in a primetime game are on Dallas, and we do know these primetime dogs are great this year, 23-13 and against the spread, covering a lot of numbers. So uh, hopefully, Pritch, if you're a dog better and you're going to take uh, the Saints, which is where I'm leaning, either at uh, the four and a half, five, or maybe a teaser play, go, go through a couple key numbers, you're banking on Dallas to still kind of have issues here, you know, feeling out with the COVID and not having McCarthy and these guys coming back. Uh, but again, it, it's tough to sweat the Saints, yeah. but Taysom Hill, can we get a couple first downs at least <laughs> if you're going to sweat uh, the Saints?
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens with Kellen Moore and the Cowboys. I mean, you can't be ranked 18th in terms of offensive early down success rate. I mean, that's, uh, that's criminal right there, especially with all that talent. You got to fix that for sure. Uh, coming up next, we got some odds for the NFC's number one seed. We'll get to that right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: This is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on vSEN, the Sports
1: Betting Network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 Moneyline wager on any game. If either team hits the three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Enjoy NBA action like never before with BetMGM's live betting options, boosted odds specials, and daily promotions all at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code v 200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in a game you wager on. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21 years old. It's a new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you feel you have a problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Welcome back to the show. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum, with you. So, Josh, uh, odds to be the NFC number one seed. We kind of forgotten about Arizona, I think, uh, because of the bye week situation, the injuries. They did got some. They got the business taken care of with Colt McCoy. But Kyla Murray expected back. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins getting healthy with that hamstring situation. This team's getting healthy at the right time, right? Off of bye, too. So you wonder what kind of run they can go on. Uh, For the number one seed odds right now, they're plus 170 with their remaining schedule.
3: Yeah, so Pritch, if we look at this board here. Uh, looking at the odds to be the number one seed, it's really a three-team race: the Buccaneers, the Packers, and the Cardinals. All be all two fifty uh, plus two fifty or less in terms of odds. You mm-hmm. don't have any other team that's uh, under plus a thousand. So really, you have three options here. Now, the Cardinals, to me, Pritch, do they deserve to be the favorite to get this? Yes, they have the best record. Uh, they have the lowest payout, obviously at plus one seventy. But I think it's kind of chalky, and I don't see a ton of value. I mean, I'm looking at the schedule, and again, if you're going to bet this, go through each team schedule and kind of map out and look at some of these look at lines like. Uh, Uh, If you look at kind of who they have up here, there's a couple tough games. You're going to play the Rams at home, and I know the Rams look down right now, uh, but still, that's a tough play in the division. Then you have to play the Colts, who are not an easy out. Then you got to go to the Cowboys there. So I think you're going to drop at least one of those maybe. Um, The team that I'm looking at, Pritch, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, the Bucs right now at plus 250. They're eight and three. They're getting healthier. This is now winning time for Tom Brady late in the season, and I'm looking at their remaining schedule, Pritch, and I don't see too many losses uh, ahead. I know they got to, You know they're a game behind and have to catch up to Arizona here. But at plus two fifty, Pritch, you're now an eleven and a half point favorite at the Falcons. That's probably a win. You're gonna play the Bills after that tough team, but you're at home for that one. Then you got the Saints. Who who knows what they're gonna be? uh, You know by the end of the year. And then you're gonna play the Jets and the Panthers twice. So I think you could, uh, you know, hypothetically or realistically win all these games left, and maybe get to. Thirteen and four, or maybe win them all, get to fourteen and three. Mm -hmm. I think my value play would be the Bucks plus two hundred and fifty to be that number one seed. It's
1: really interesting because which uh, of those three teams are going to get healthy at the right time? Like I just talked about, the Cardinals uh, off of a bye week, seemingly getting healthier, Uh, and then you got the Packers going into a bye week. At what point does Bakhtiari return, Uh, if if at all? Uh, certainly, uh, the health of that football team, Aaron uh, Jones, too, the running back, he gets healthier. Uh, and then the, the Buccaneers, you mentioned Tampa Bay. Uh, can they get Antonio Brown and other people on the defense healthy uh, to make this run, too? So at plus 250, it gets interesting. Josh, are you worried at all, though, uh, about Tom Brady and the fact that he's thrown, uh, let's see here, six interceptions in the last four games uh, to nine touchdown passes?
3: So it definitely worries me. I mean, I would chalk it up to, you know, missing some of your star players, maybe uh, pushing the ball down the field a little bit too much, taking more chances, no risk it, no biscuit, Pritch. We all know that from a very famous uh, head coach, not Belichick, but Arians. But it does concern me a bit. I just think, um, again, kind of when it comes to winning time and this time of year, who are you going to put your money on? Are you going to put your money on an Arizona team who I kind of like into the San Francisco Giants, Pritch, like a really good regular season, but will they be there at the end? I mean, you just need to get the one seed. We're not talking Super Bowl here. But down the stretch, who's been there before? I would put my money on and get a better payout with the Bucs. And then if you look at the Packers, I think that's an option as well. You know, they're plus 200. But you do have a couple tough games down the stretch for the Packers. You're probably going to beat the Bears. You're going to beat the Lions in the last week of the season. But you got a three-game stretch of at the Ravens versus the Browns and versus the Vikings. Now, will the Browns or Vikings go to Lambeau and win? Probably not. That's kind of a tough stretch, especially going to Baltimore. I could see them losing uh, you know, a, a really close game at the Ravens. That's why, to me, if I'm going to put my money behind anybody, it's going to be this uh, hopefully repeat champion for those <laughs> of us uh, with a with a futures ticket on Tampa Bay.
1: Right, I hear you on that one. I mean, uh, think about the, the stretch run here for the number one seed. It gets very, very interesting. And then the head-to-head, the Packers already have that over the Cardinals uh, in that situation. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me for Tampa Bay to kind of just sneak through there and everybody else is focused on the Cardinals. Uh, and the Packers. Uh, But, yeah, I'm concerned about Tampa Bay. I'm concerned uh, a little bit here with Tom Brady uh, just because it's uncharacteristic for him to be throwing that many picks uh, uh, in situations. Now, he's good enough to overcome them. Uh, Now, is it the players that he's with on the field? Uh, I don't know if that's really the cause of it. I know the comfort is back, though, because of Gronk. Uh, And every time Gronk's on the field with Brady, he knows uh, he can depend on that player and he can go to that player. So uh, maybe that helps out Brady down the stretch as well.
3: I think so too, Pritch. And again, you you hit the nail on the head. You still got a really, really good run defense and overall defense. You can lean on if you're Brady. So you have that in your back pocket, not, not take too many chances here, put your team in jeopardy, but uh, just Brady's favorite receivers, the open receiver. We've heard that a million times, (laughs) Pritch. I think that's what he's got to get back to real quick. Just that Tampa Bay, Atlanta Mm -hmm. uh, Falcons line, Pritch, your former team here, a lot of money rolling in on Tampa Bay. It doesn't just look like, uh, you know, a big public play laying the points this weekend. I think it's kind of both pro and Joe, a lot of smart money hit Tampa Bay early. Uh, going to Atlanta. They opened like minus nine and a half. They're all the way up to around minus 11 and a half. And Tampa's had the number of the Falcons last couple of games. It's been a 48 to 25 win a 44 to 27 win. Uh, this Brady, you know, Pritch, how do we get Brady back on track here? Play the Atlanta Falcons defense. I think that's his ticket here. Uh, I'd be looking at laying the points, believe it or not, or even teaser wise uh, you go 11 and a half down to what five and a half. Mm-hmm. You're going to go through the 10 and the seven. So I kind of like the bucks here, even though it's a big number.
1: All right. How about the NBA? I mean, big college uh, hoops game. Uh, certainly we highlighted that already, but the NBA had Golden State and Phoenix uh, took part in that game too, Josh, in terms of a, a spectator. Uh, but that is to the under unexpected, I think. Uh, and then also Phoenix taking care of Golden State uh, at home. Now, Steph had an off night, obviously, but uh, give credit to Phoenix. I think
3: they have a lot of options on this roster. What do you think about that game? Yeah, that was a great game last night. So, number one, if you look at Phoenix, they're kind of – and I laid off that game. I'm kind of kicking myself a bit. I look back on it, and Phoenix was actually a really unpopular favorite. I think they're only getting, like, 40% of bets at home. Everyone was riding that Golden State train. Got to take the points there. Uh, So, big win and big cover there for the Suns. But, Pritch, one kind of, you know, comment or word of caution. I saw this on Twitter, and I was watching this game last night. Uh, As soon as you saw Devin Booker pull his hamstring Mm -hmm. and leave the game, my Twitter feed was immediately – uh, live line the Warriors, live line the Warriors. No Booker, you got to take the Warriors here. I would just caution you in terms of betting. Betting Like sometimes it'll work out for you, uh, but obviously, you know, if you hammer and double down and triple down on the Warriors, once you see Booker leave, that can be a dangerous situation. So I would just caution bettors from immediately betting something just because a guy gets hurt. Um, but one thing to, uh, for tonight, Pritch, and one thing we've seen recently uh, is a huge regression to some overs here in the NBA. You and I have been doing shows uh, all NBA season, and we had unders cashing like 62% throughout the early part of the season. But if you look at since Thanksgiving, the over is actually 30 and 22, 58%. So we're seeing a lot of overs cash recently. Maybe we've kind of adjusted or the books have maybe over-adjusted to kind of the, the lack of uh, fouls being called and everything like that. And a couple to, to look at tonight, one in particular, uh, Dallas Mavericks and the New Orleans Pelicans. That total opened two thirteen and a half, and a half, then bet up to around two fifteen and a half. and a half. And if you're looking at both of these teams, they've been trending over recently. New Orleans is 28th in defensive efficiency Dallas six and three to the over their last nine That's the kind of play like that low 210, 211, 212 that ticks up a point or a point and a half that's been cashing really well recently. Uh, The other one would be Houston tonight. Houston and OKC saw that open 213, half up to 216, half. And Houston is the fastest uh, fastest pace team in the NBA. So don't automatically play that under trend just blindly. We're starting to see some overs creep back in the NBA, uh, Pritch.
1: Okay, yeah, I am tracking the NBA. And, and, I mean, just watching Golden State and Phoenix, uh, I'm like, uh, okay, I cannot wait for the return of Klay Thompson. Uh, I mean, seriously. I, when that happens, uh, I wonder uh, what this turns into, right? I mean, Booker does have the injury; he'll be okay, certainly. Uh, Joker comes back for the Nuggets. You just see the impact of these impactful players uh, stepping up that way. So once Clay Thompson does return, I mean, the Warriors already off to a fast start. Huh.
3: They really are, and it's kind of unbelievable. Curry, you know, finding the fountain of youth here, Pritch, and you're going to get James Wiseman back, too, who was a number two pick that people totally, completely forget about. And I would say, Pritch, one player, we got to dig up these odds. What are Jordan Poole's most improved player odds? Because maybe it's just me every time I watch the Warriors play. Jordan Poole never misses a shot. This guy is unbelievable. I would look at the odds for most improved player. Jordan Poole, to me, is a really good bet in that award.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, uh, Cole Anthony. (laughs) I went to school with Greg. His son's hooping. Uh, And then you got the son of the glove out there. Uh, And the glove, a pretty popular player up in Seattle, too, one day. DeAndre, Ayton too. How about that emergence there?
3: Definitely emergence. Yeah, this team is really fun to watch. Really, really good team here. And Pritch, I would just say real quick, uh, look at the Edmonton Oilers tonight in the NHL. Uh, At home, home favorite off a win, opponent off a loss. That's my top NHL match. tonight.
1: All right. The Market Insights Podcast. You can catch that every single day. Josh Applebaum does a great job on that. Great job today. Josh, we'll see you back here tomorrow. Appreciate it, Pritch. Big Thursday night football game tomorrow. Let's get it. Looking forward to that as well. Looking forward to The Edge coming up next right here on VSEN, the Esports Betting Network.